Welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm your host, Jenna Josephowski, but you can call me Jenna J. I'm a semi-retired professional dancer, dance teacher and yoga teacher, turned certified personal trainer and kettlebell instructor who helps active women learn to lift and get strong with equal parts challenge and compassion. After years of working in the fitness industry, I got sick and tired of watching people, including myself, run themselves into the ground trying to uphold the narrow-minded image of what our culture sees as healthy and fit. But instead of giving it all up, I decided that I'd rather change the game, call out the BS, extract the good, and help others learn to use movement as a way to build themselves up rather than tear themselves down. On this podcast, we'll explore the intersection of fitness and anti-diet culture and all the gray areas in between. We'll let go of shoulds and judgment and dig into tough conversations with curiosity. Things get pretty spicy around here. So grab your headphones and let's do this. Hey friends, you're listening to episode four of Tough Cookie Talks. And today we're gonna talk all about elimination diets, one in particular, and my experience with this. You may have heard me talk about this a little bit on episode one, but I want to get a little bit deeper with this story for a couple of reasons. Number one, because this is a part of my origin story and how I came to be doing the work that I'm doing today, really how I came to even feel passionate enough about something to have a podcast, but also because I have a feeling that I am not the only person who had this experience. I feel like not a lot of people are talking about this publicly. And I want you to know, number one, if you have tried this ever, and this was your experience too, my hope is that you feel a little bit less alone. And number two, if you haven't, maybe you'll use it as a cautionary tale to stay far away from these things. I'm going to tell my whole story. And as a newish podcaster, I am not going to call out this specific company by name because to be honest, I don't know what the rules are about talking shit about public companies and other people. And that's not really necessarily my style anyway. I tend to prefer to highlight the good, but you'll know. I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with schmoll schmerty. If you know, you know. Anyway, as I'm recording this, it is January and January is a time where many people decide that they want to improve their health in some way, shape or form. There's a buzz in the air. Everybody's got new habits and getting back, quote unquote, on the wagon. Dieting might not be so trendy anymore, but lifestyle changes seem to be more socially acceptable. Things like elimination diets are sneaky. They give themselves alternative names, sometimes calling themselves like a protocol, a program, or a detox, but they're really just diets in disguise, as I would say, another flavor of the same shit sandwich. In the particular one that I did, I didn't have to count calories, but I did have to count myself out of eating a whole laundry list of foods. This particular one included things like dairy, grains, legumes, soy, corn, peanuts, alcohol, sugar, anything resembling dessert, even if it was made from cauliflower, stevia, and almond flour. It was a lot of things. And so whenever I hear of a friend or acquaintance who is considering doing this, it takes 
every fiber of my being not to shout, don't fucking do it. But I don't because I know that's not necessarily the way. If I seem really salty about this, it's because I am. Several years ago, I think at this point it was, oh gosh, 2015, 2016, around that year transition, I was somebody who thought that she wasn't dieting anymore. I had previously experienced some disordered behaviors around food and exercise, and it had been a while since I'd engaged in anything that I would call blatantly problematic, bordering on eating disorder behavior. I was in a better place. At the time, I was also uh, eating paleo-ish is what I'll call it, you know, the whole like 80-20 thing. Um, And I had stopped counting calories and macros. I was just trying to quote unquote, eat clean and take care of my health. At the time, I had just gotten back from a trip to Europe that involved a lot of bread, wine, and mystery sausages, because when in Poland, Uh, Anyway, aside from walking on that trip, I hadn't done a lot of formal exercise, uh, which is fine, but that wasn't necessarily the norm for me. And while I was otherwise healthy, I felt like I needed a reset. I was ready to get back to my routine. I was ready to stop drinking. I was ready to eat a vegetable or two. And of course, at this period of my life, I also kind of secretly wanted to lose like five pounds. I had heard of this one particular program that was 30 days long that some of my friends had tried. So I decided I was going to give it a whirl too. I did the whole thing where I Googled it and I downloaded their book to my phone and I finished the whole thing on my return trip back from Europe. The website of this particular company had an A to Z list of chronic health conditions that people had supposedly cured by following their program. I remembered that they had before and after pictures um, posted and that people who were doing this had posted before and after pictures after doing this on social media. And I was kind of sucked in, I guess. It was hard not to be sucked in. I was thinking to myself, hey, I can drop a pant size maybe, clear up my skin, even though I really didn't have skin problems, maybe cure the IBS and the sleep apnea and the brain fog and like, all the health problems that I didn't actually have, but programs like this try to lead you into and fearmonger you believe, fearmonger you into believing that you have. Now, before I go into this any further, please note I am not saying that nutritional therapy via eliminating certain kinds of food have not helped many people solve a variety of health issues. Maybe you are one of them. Okay, I'm not saying that. Don't come back at me after this episode and be like, Jenna, it really helped for me to eliminate this and this great. I'm glad for you. Truly, I am. And what I am saying is two things. Number one, they are not for everyone. Elimination diets are not good for everyone. And there's nothing nothing inherently or morally wrong with you if you do something like this because you're hoping to solve a health problem and you find that it doesn't help and you do wind up having to take medication or go a more conventional medicine route of treatment. The stories that don't often get told about this stuff are the failure stories. 
And like they're really boring stories where you spend your entire month in a kitchen making your own quote unquote compliant sugar-free ketchup and clarified butter and still see no changes. Or like I did, you wind up having a temper tantrum in your own kitchen floor because you're hangry and you got Panera bread, but they forgot to hold the cheese and the candied pecans on your salad. And now you're freaking out. To be honest, it took me a while to even share my elimination diet failure story with my close friends, with the people I knew. I was embarrassed. I thought it was my fault that it didn't work. In fact, so much so that after a bad experience the first 30 days that I did it, I proceeded to do it for a second round before I finally got the hint. I felt like my body was broken. I felt like there was something wrong with me because I did everything right and I didn't see the results I was supposed to. I actually saw quite the opposite. And I think that that's probably the reason that most people don't share their diet failure stories more often. We feel ashamed. We feel like it's our fault that we didn't do it hard enough and that it's a moral failing on our end and we just need to try it again. So I'm going to share this with you right now. Keep listening. If you're considering doing one, if you've ever considered doing one, keep listening. If you're like, oh, this was kind of my experience too. I promise you are not alone. This is the stuff that most people are not sharing. Here we go, friends. The whole truth. This is what happened to me during this particular elimination diet. First thing, I spent a lot of money on pointless stuff. Now, I like to invest money in nutritious food when I can, and sometimes it is worth it to me. I sometimes buy organic apples um, and free-range meats from a local farm or CSA. This is all a privilege, by the way. Sometimes I do these things. This is not accessible to everyone, which is inherently part of the problem, but This thing had me going completely, completely nuts, reading nutrition labels at the grocery store and paying considerably more money for something that was quote unquote approved because it had zero grams of sugar in it instead of like one gram of sugar. And I was not allowed to have any sugar. Looking back, It was so not worth it. And these minuscule little things were not the big dial movers that were actually going to make a big difference for my health. Definitely, definitely not worth paying like $5 more for bacon, which ironically was allowed on this thing. Anyway, the other thing that I did was spend hours and hours and hours a week in the kitchen. I always enjoyed cooking. But this took it to a whole new level. And to be honest, I think maybe killed a little bit of my enjoyment of cooking. Most convenience foods, even ones that are created with the intention of being quote unquote healthy, still contain some trace amount of forbidden substances according to this elimination diet. So that meant that I wasn't just cooking dinner, but also making my own condiments from scratch. And I was waking up extra early, skimping out on sleep to cook eggs every morning because smoothies were frowned upon on this thing. And quickie breakfasts that I normally would have like a banana with some peanut butter and some coffee didn't fit into their ideal meal templates. 
So I had to completely overhaul what was working for me for breakfast and really a lot of meals. It basically killed my social life at the time. And I know that real friends don't care what you eat or what you drink when you go out. But it's also not fun to be the one that's sipping your like weird homemade kombucha when everybody else is having a margarita night. Now I'm not saying you need alcohol to have fun if you are personally sober for any reason. Um, that is great. And that was not enjoyable for me to have to make and bring my own kombucha to margarita night. But that's what I had to do on this plan. Not a fan of that. And unless you live in, in an excessively health conscious or foodie kind of city, you can forget about eating most things at a restaurant. I live just north of Chicago, which has a lot of great food options. And even here, it was really hard to find food that was compliant if I went out to eat, which is something that I very much enjoyed doing. It was like, excuse me, sir, what kind of oil do you use to cook your fish? Okay. I guess I'll just take a side salad with a lemon, which again, that was me. And so in the end, I found myself postponing plans with friends until I could fully participate. I also found myself staying home so I could figure out how to make nacho cheese from sweet potatoes, which was an actual thing. It actually wasn't that bad, but like took a hundred years to make. Anyway, I also often got hangry when I didn't plan ahead for food. So one of the main selling points of this particular elimination diet was that I didn't have to count calories. This was great, but because the food choices were so limited to very particular food groups, I had to do a really good job of planning ahead. So when I had a long work day, as I often did back then, that often meant that I was packing multiple meals and or snacks to take with me on the road. And then if I underestimated how hungry I'd be, it wasn't like I could just swing by Starbucks and pick up a quick snack. It was like another package of purse almonds. I would carry almonds around in my purse as snacks because I was allowed to have those um, or go hungry. So by the time I got home at the end of the night after a long work day, I would be hangry and mean. And this happened to me a lot. The other thing that I found myself doing a lot of was starting to binge on really strange foods that you wouldn't think a person would binge on. Like dates, dates. I mean, dates are okay, but dates? This wasn't supposed to happen. I wasn't supposed to do this. And I'm sure that if somebody who coaches this elimination diet or a part of this company would be like, that's why you gained weight because you were eating too many dates. But it was really hard not to. On this plan, I was supposed to follow the approved meal template of meat and veggies and more veggies. And if I had a sugar craving, I was just supposed to ride it out. Take a walk, they said. Drink a cup of herbal tea. Yeah, that didn't work. Does that work for anybody that didn't work? Because if you'll remember, all I had for dinner that night was a side salad because the restaurant didn't have any compliant foods. And I had used up all of my willpower saying no to like anything and everything like cupcakes my dance students would bring to class for their birthday or opting out of pizza night if my husband wanted to have that. But dried fruit, 
was technically allowed. Who binges on dates? Who? Apparently people who aren't allowed to eat anything else. I also felt like I was explaining myself constantly. Now, yes, I'm aware that I'm a grown woman who shouldn't have to explain herself to anybody. But when you're at a Super Bowl party and you are carefully picking out the beans from the host's homemade chili, people start to ask questions. It's a little awkward. Same thing when you're scraping the breading and the cheese off your mother-in-law's chicken parm. Gosh, I can remember myself. She must have thought I was nuts. Like, no, I just can't have a little. I'll have to start all the way over from day one if I even have one breadcrumb. Like, this was the rule. This is what I told her, and this gets old really fast. This kind of ties into that all or nothing mindset that I advise against so often. Not a good thing. I also had these weird nightmares about eating cake. Since I was spending all of my waking hours obsessing over food, it kind of made sense that this would creep its way into my dreams. We tend to dream a lot about things we're processing in our life, but I would often wake up in the middle of the night in a panic that I had accidentally like taken a bite of a cookie or something in a nightmare. It was very, very disturbing and bizarre and nothing that had ever happened to me before. The variety in my diet became severely limited. Now, as I mentioned in the beginning, the point of an elimination diet is to eliminate a lot of foods that are supposedly problematic for you. And I had the best of intentions in trying creative new recipes. And sometimes I did. In fact, there are still uh, recipes and foods that I learned to prepare as a result of this that were kind of cool. And I'll admit, I still kind of use sometimes in my life, but not as the only thing. And so instead of eating a variety of foods throughout the week, like I used to when I had more flexibility and wasn't confined to certain food groups and certain meal templates, my plate really became a sad parade of hard boiled eggs, raw almonds, these little clementine cutie oranges and zucchini noodles every damn day, because sometimes you just don't have the mental bandwidth to do anything else. Sometimes it's hard, especially if you're coming from a financial place where you can't afford to buy all of these different like fancy ingredients and like free range seafood and organic banana chips. I'm making stuff up now. But for my life and for where I was in my life and how much I was working, my diet became really, really limited as a result. And so I was missing out on a lot of nutrients and enjoyment with food, to be honest. So those are the things that happened to me while I was doing this elimination diet. Let's talk about what happened after those 30 days were over. If we're being honest, nothing really. I didn't notice any major changes in my energy my weight or my skin, probably because there wasn't a whole lot that I was trying to change in the first place. (sighs) Anyway, during the final week of the program, one change that I did notice before I had reintroduced any of the restricted foods is I started getting this weird itchy rash on my arms and legs. 
that wasn't supposed to happen. But I figured because I was supposedly doing everything right, that it was probably like my laundry detergent or my body wash or something like that. And so then I started making like my own laundry detergent with essential oils and baking soda and shit and using coconut oil for every possible skincare solution. It was a little extreme. Now I was supposed to slowly reintroduce the different foods that I had eliminated one at a time. I was supposed to gradually come back into this. If you know anything about elimination diets, that's kind of how it works. You reintroduce one restricted food at a time and see if it brings back problems. And I will admit I didn't do the greatest job of that one at a time thing. It was almost Thanksgiving at that point. So I decided I'm just gonna switch up my skincare products, see if this itchy rash gets better. I'm going to enjoy the holidays and then I'm going to do another 30 days of this program after the holiday season was over. That was my plan. I didn't learn my lesson the first time. So second 30 days roll arounds. I do the whole thing all over again. And here is what went down after that. I was itchy as fuck for the entire month while I was on it and for some time after. I couldn't pin it on any particular food group, so I was convinced that I had developed some sort of food sensitivity to something like really obscure. I had diagnosed myself with a histamine intolerance from all the homemade kombucha that I was drinking. So I gave that up. I thought about getting food sensitivity testing, uh, but I stopped and didn't do that because it wasn't covered by my insurance. And so I even went so far as to visit an allergist instead. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just allergic to something. Maybe I'm allergic to something weird like cashews or lettuce or no, I was not. And the minute that I got my results back from the allergist and it was confirmed that I had no food or chemical allergies other than I believe I am allergic to uh, ragweed and dust mites and cats. And that's it. Those are the only things I am allergic to. Once I found this out, the itching went away and it never came back. Now, I know that food sensitivities and food allergies are two different things. And in my case, I think it was neither. I hate to admit it um, and not trying to gaslight myself in any way, but I think this was actually just a case of some very bad food anxiety. Stress can bring about some weird shit. And given my experience with this and how stressed out I was when I was on this thing, I really think this was anxiety for me. I also didn't lose any weight. Actually, I gained weight. And I've mentioned this many times before that I don't own a scale. In fact, I didn't own a scale at the time that I did this thing. I firmly believe that weight gain is not inherently bad and weight loss is not inherently good. And a person's worth is not dictated by their size. However, when you spend your entire month not eating bread, sugar, or alcohol, among other things, you expect your pants to be a little looser at the end, right? One would think, not me. Mine were actually tighter. And so for a program like this one that boasts that 95% of participants lose weight or improve their body composition, I expected a little something, but I didn't get it. Side note, any program that claims it's not about weight, it's about health, but then 
boasts that 95% of participants lose weight and post before and after pictures, it's probably a diet in disguise. It is diet culture. The other thing that happened is that I developed hypothyroidism. Now, I'm not necessarily blaming the program for this. I'm not. Thyroid conditions run in my family. And this could also be a part of the reason that I gained weight on the program. It could have been my thyroid all along. But one thing that I do want to point out is that restrictive eating and particularly going low carb can sometimes suppress thyroid function, particularly in women. So this might've been the straw that broke the camel's back because this particular program was really low carb and I was a very active person who probably needed to be eating more carbohydrates than the average person. I don't really know. The hypothyroidism and this particular way of eating may have been related, they may not have been. But the important takeaway here is that even the most meticulous nutrition cannot always help you avoid developing a health problem. We like to think that if you just eat the right things, you will never get sick, you will never have anything happen to you health-wise that you will just be immortal. This is not always the case. It's not the case. And so if you have ever currently dealt with health problems in spite of the fact of trying your best, your best efforts to take really good care of your health, to have healthy habits, it's okay. You're not wrong. You're not broken. I can't stress that enough. This program also really triggered my disordered eating tendencies. So when I started this elimination diet, I thought that that disordered eating was really in the past for me. I wasn't counting calories. I was eating enough food. I wasn't entering things into my fitness pal anymore. I thought that was in the past for me. And the website for the program doesn't really take a hard stance on whether or not their program is appropriate for people with eating disorder or disordered eating history. It warns that it might not be a good choice, but it also claims to have helped many people improve their relationship with food. This was not the case for me. So not only did I find a lot of language in their materials to be very triggering towards those behaviors, but it really messed with my head for months after. So instead of just having to worry about eating too many calories or fats or carbohydrates or whatever I was restricting, I also had to take into consideration how at least eight other different types of food could affect my body. And if you've ever heard of the, the term orthorexia or an unhealthy obsession with healthy eating, this became me. That was me and it took me years. I feel like even now I'm still getting to a place where I'm like, it's okay to have dessert sometimes. It's okay to eat gluten. It's okay to eat cheese. It's okay to eat beans. Like all these things that they had us restrict. <sighs> it's rough. I developed, I really did issues around certain foods that asked, that lasted for months and years later. Um, this, this stuff, this diet culture, um, mentality towards certain foods is really hard to unlearn. And while I know in my heart that I'll never ever go on a diet again, in fact, this particular one was my fuck this I'm done moment with diet culture. 
it really just gave another louder, different kind of voice to that nagging voice in the back of my head. It's taken a long time to get over, and this might be the case for you too. It also didn't solve all my problems. In all reality, I was doing pretty well in the first place when I started this. I didn't have any major health issues or complaints when I started this elimination diet. And again, I won't deny that nutritional therapy, particularly when it is supervised by a registered dietitian, somebody who has the qualifications with which to do so, can be helpful for certain people in certain situations. I would certainly choose having a complicated relationship with cheese if it meant freedom from the symptoms of a chronic illness. However, that is not me right now. And I have a feeling that that is probably not a lot of you that are listening. Elimination diets are not for everyone. I especially do not recommend them if you have a history of disordered eating. On the flip side, if you feel like you currently have a decent relationship with food, I don't recommend that you risk ruining it with an elimination diet, especially if you don't have any nagging health problems. So if you're simply looking for a challenge, I say skip it. There are plenty of better ways to channel your energy into something, anything, anything that can help you improve your life in a positive way. So... That is my whole story, my experience with elimination diets. If you have experienced something similar, I want to remind you that you're not alone. I would love to hear from you and I would love for you to share your experience too. I really believe that by listening to each other's stories, each other's different lived experiences with things, Number one, we can learn about how we'd like to move forward with our own lives. But number two, we can also just better understand the world around us and why the people that we encounter have the views that they do. So if you've ever been around me and tried to talk to me about, you know, giving up sugar or whatever you're trying to do and you felt like I dismissed you or changed the subject or acted like I didn't really care or didn't congratulate you for your weight loss or whatever, that's because of my experience. So thank you for listening to my story. If it helped even a single person, I'm really glad that I got to put it out there for you today. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for tuning into Tough Cookie Talks. I'm so glad you're here. If you wanna learn more about me and how we can work together, visit my website, itsjennaj.com or follow and tag me on Instagram at itsjennaj. I would love to hear from you. If you liked this episode and wanna hear more, make sure that you click subscribe and follow along so that you don't miss a single show. Then take a moment and leave me a five-star rating and review so we can help this podcast and this message reach even more people. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.